Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We are going to continue where we left off um, in verses 13 and 14. In fact, we did verse 12 last week. We were doing verses 12 through 14. And we covered verse 12 last week. And we said that John used little children last time as a term of endearment in verse 12 uh, to address the whole church. And so it did apply to all believers. Remember again, it's, uh, he said, reading in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. We looked at that last week and just the, the blessing of that. And today what we're going to do is move on to the next verse where he says, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the father. And then he goes into verse 14 and says, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. We are going to begin in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 13 and we're going to take up The first section of this, the first part, uh, there are three spiritual categories mentioned here. And we're going to begin with little children. Where the Apostle John says, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. Now before we can go and look at uh, what the Apostle John means here, it's crucial that we remember two things. First, what I. Howard Marshall said again, and that is all Christians should have the innocence of childhood, the strength of youth, and the mature Uh, knowledge of age. So we need all of those three things. So I don't want you to switch off when we talk about little children and say, well, you know what? I'm a mature believer. I I don't need all that stuff. Okay? (laughs) All right. We need all three. Amen? So because of that, we're going to look at each one. And I really want you to take to heart each one of these things. And if you ever feel like you've moved on from it, please move back. Okay, go back there. You need to, you know, you need to build on things, not replace one thing with another. And we see this especially in what Jesus said, and that's the second thing I want to bring to your attention about little children. That substantiates all of this in Mark chapter ten, verses fourteen and fifteen, and that is, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such, uh, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, verse 15, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Amen? In, in short, or in other words, a part of the innocence of childhood is to take Jesus at, at his word. When he said in Mark 9.23, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes... I don't know how many people I have heard jump up and say, Oh yeah, and then they put borders around it. And they start putting all these conditions based on their experience and what they think is possible. And I've seen that from a theological side and from a non-theological side, let's say. (laughs) Okay? Uh, You know, we carry in the things... We put restrictions on things based on what we think is possible and impossible. And you know what? That changes for everyone. Some people haven't been out much. 
So, you know, the impossible is something that you'd look at and go, you got to be kidding me. That's a problem to you? That's impossible to you? And then there are others that have seen so much that they think, my goodness, you know what? I have seen enough to know not to put a, 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 you know, a border around this thing. Because every time I thought something was impossible, it happened. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, and so <laughs> there are people, you know, and that's really what I want to talk to you about. Because every time I've thought, I've got to the, you know, kind of the edge of the impossibilities, uh, it moves. And something else comes to mind, and I think, wow, that, wow. Okay. Anyway, okay. You know, <laughs> it, just, some things just go beyond comprehension. They just go beyond words. Amen? And it is only as we have that kind of approach to the Word of God. See, if you ask a child, what do you want? Have you noticed how children just give you ridiculous lists? Especially when they're little and they, you know, they reckon Santa Claus is going to bring them something. And they ask for everything. See, we get to a place sometimes, I think we, we start to rationalize everything. We think, if I get this, then da, 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 and if I get that. Listen, man, go to God and ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him, God, what do you want me to do? Can I tell you what our biggest problem is? When we ask as a little child... We also need the maturity to understand that asking as a little child doesn't mean that we hang on to it for the rest of our life. Get this, I'm I'm, going to teach you something here. The reason that we don't do so much more is because we rationalize, oh, we can get along without this, 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 and this. We need this, and if we had this, then we can, you know, this is enough, God. Enough for who? That's just enough for you. What about everybody else? Do you hear what I'm trying to say? And see, a lot of times that's, that's kind of where we, we, we kind of get stuck. Because we're looking for what we need. And we don't want to strain God too much, you understand. It doesn't matter he created everything and the universe. And he said, if you don't have something, I'll make it for you. Doesn't matter all that stuff. We have to be correct, you, you see. We, you know, uh, we have to be perceived right. And, and, and people can't get the wrong idea. Can I tell you why people get the wrong idea about certain things? It's because Christians have this attitude of asking. And then they have the same attitude of, that's mine, you can't have it. That's the childish part we have to give away. That's a part of child, you know, of being little children. We've got to progress from. Not the asking part, but the letting go part. <laughs> You're getting that, okay? You know, I still remember the, 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 the first little lunchbox that I ever saw had the words M-I-N-E on it. That's right. It said mine. And I thought, that's a funny name. I didn't understand what he was saying, you know. And that's what we do. Everything we get, we have this little thing called M-I-N-E on it. Mine. I believe for it. I received it. It's mine. Let go. Don't look at it like that. You know. What you looking at? Why? Because that's the problem that we have. And see, we haven't separated the two. We, we've sort of thought, oh, we've got to become more... Uh, responsible in our asking. 
Now let's not ask for too much, you see, because, you know, I mean, that's just too much. See, why? Because you want to keep it all. Are you getting this? We need to have childlike faith. We need to move mountains, believe for the world, and give it away. Are you getting this? So now do you understand why it is so important to be like a little child? Why we must have that innocence in the way we ask? Don't limit God, because sometimes God will get you to believe for something that's not for you. Amen? The next thing is, I want you to look at uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. A part of this innocence does include purity. Something that is so greatly valued in the kingdom of God that Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Isn't that incredible? See, it's that purity that allows you not just to believe and receive everything, but it is that purity or that innocence that allows you to see God as well. You know, I think what, what happens is a, a lot of times as people grow up, they, they don't see clearly anymore. There, there are so many things that... What, one of the things that annoys me... Let me just put my little soapbox here and climb on it. Okay, this is just, okay I'm just letting you know. All right, I told you, I let you know when it's the Word of God and when it's not. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you now. Uh, some people preach on a soapbox, I don't. I'll just put it on every so often. What, one of the things that annoys me is, you know, when, when they have, uh, you know, movies and stuff that it says adults only. Why? And usually they're things that are depressing, things that are inappropriate, things that are just, that are there to pull you down. And, you know, you, you look at some of that stuff and you think, why? Why are you exposing yourself to that? It's killing you. Oh yeah, it's adults only. We can't kill the kids yet. <laughs> Let them grow up a little bit more before we depress them. And before we tell them, you know, this is what the real world looks like. And it's a cesspool, you know, and, and just, I can go on, but I won't. But, okay, do you know what I'm trying to say? And then, how can you take that into prayer? It's really difficult. Now, it's one thing to understand what's going on. And please don't be so sheltered that everything turns your little face red. You can't tell it on mine. But, in, <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? You know, we, we, we don't want to be ignorant. All right? That's different. And I'm not, I'm not talking about that because we're going to be talking about fathers and maturity and so on and so forth. And we need to understand that Jesus died on the cross not just so you can have a new car. See, that's the children's thought. What we're going to do, what we're going to find is that the fathers, well, skipping through the young men and women, but the fathers or the parents, you know when it says fathers, it's not just the males. Understand something, when we talk about fathers, we're talking about mothers as well. We're talking about people that are mature in Christ. And the thing is that what you find out later is that they see back to the cross because they understand, and again, I'm jumping ahead here, but I want you to see a, just a stark contrast between kids and that ability to believe for anything, and how you take that to the place when you are mature, and when you are praying for people, you, don't ex you, know, you, you must not have that mentality of, okay God, why aren't they going to get it? 
Because that's what we do. Because we get to a place where we've seen so much now, we think, well, now God's not going to you know, heal everybody for anything. And, and yet, whenever we look at the Gospels, it says, and He healed them all. And the only place He couldn't do it was in, in His own hometown. Because they wouldn't believe it. They kind of looked at him and disrespected him, you know. He dissed him, you know. And it's like, oh, you're that snot-nosed little kid from Joseph's whatever. They didn't get anything that day. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, if Jesus did that, can I ask you a question? You know, do we think just in our wildest imagination, for all the people that were brought to him, that there could have been one person, can, okay, one, one person, one, one one person that didn't deserve it. Come on, there had to be just one at least. I'm, I'm, I'm betting a lot more than one, okay? But I'm just, you know what I'm trying to say? Because they brought everybody. He didn't check their history first. He didn't say, come on up Joe, alright now, what have you been doing? Let's hear it. How did you get into this mess? I don't know if God wants to heal you. Next. <laughs> okay. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? You see, that's where that innocence comes in. That's where that limitlessness is the word I'm looking for. Okay, that limitlessness comes in. When you think, you know what, we'll sort that out later. Today, you're getting healed. Amen. And you know, if you notice, Jesus always did that. He'd heal someone, then say, go and don't do it again. Okay? We do it the other way. We say, don't do it again. And when you, you haven't done it for a week, come back. Do you hear what I'm saying? Alright. So that's the reason why this innocence is so important. Because we need to have a heart that is so open to God. That is, that is limitless in its thinking. And it's, you know how, have you ever noticed how kids can imagine the most incredible things until we beat it out of them. <laughs> okay? And can I just say this? That part is God in them. And we take it out and then we say, now believe in God. Isn't that interesting? That we take out the very part of God that is in them that created the entire universe that has absolutely no limits that you were born with and that you now need to rediscover. Because along the way, all of these restrictions and pressures and expectations, you know, and, and after a while, you, you get molded into that, not into what you were designed and created to be and do. And it becomes very restrictive and then you are trying to believe within those parameters. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? And, and then you're wondering why things aren't moving as quickly as they, as they should. You come and hear about faith and you, and, and you want to exercise that. But you don't realize what a tiny little box you're in now. And you need to break out of it. Amen? And don't, please don't bring me age. <laughs> okay? Yeah, but brother, you don't know how old I am. Doesn't matter. Do you know today I'm... I'm probably learning more today than I ever did in my life. I'm not standing still. This is not the only thing I can do. 
And it won't be the only thing that I do. <laughs> some of you are going to see some of it in the future, but not too long in the future. But, and those that are with us will be very blessed. I'll just say that much and move on. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, God has His way of doing things. And you really need to allow Him to work through you and do what He wanted to do in and through you from the beginning, not what you were told you should do. But what you were actually designed to do. Amen? And that comes back to this childlike innocence. Where you just stand there and think, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's possible. All things are possible. Do you get this now? To him who believes. And we need to believe like a child without restrictions. And the only restrictions that you need to put on it are the ones that God puts on it. Do you hear me? You'd be surprised how little restriction He puts on things. Now He'll guide you through something and He'll get you moving on things so that you're not going to hurt yourself. But I tell you, if you keep looking, it just keeps going. It doesn't end. Do you know where, do you know where it stops? Where you stop. And then he looks back and goes, oh, you stopped. Oh, okay. And your hair is on fire. You're thinking, this is, this is, wow. I never thought. And he goes, there's more, but okay. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. I just, I'm trying, it's a very difficult message to to bring to you because I'm trying to convey more of a, a spirit and a sense and an understanding just to, uh, you know, just that limitless type of thinking and, and just removing all the things that have been placed in your life that have been stopping you from moving ahead. That's what I'm trying to do today. That is the innocence of childhood. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> okay? Family, can I say this? There is a real world out there. But there is more power in you to change that real world to suit yourself than what there is out there trying to change you. And when I say suit yourself, I mean in God. You know, when you see something and you say, that's not right. Guess what? That's God saying, that's not right. And while all the theologians explain it away, you just change it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And to get there, it it is a journey. Because we are living in a world that is faithless. That's full of doubt. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen? Amen? And so, in order for us to move from that, we need to start thinking like this. We need to start thinking like children. That limitless thinking. That all things are possible. Amen? Alright. Hope you're getting this. I really hope you're getting this. So these are the qualities that we want to preserve from from our time as little children. And keep with us for the rest of our lives. Because that's what will keep fueling that young man or woman in Christ that will become. That continually takes the fight to the devil. And who will eventually become a true father in the faith. That is full of mountain moving faith, unconditional love and exceptional courage. You don't get there without this first. Amen? See... I don't want people to grow up in this church and become fathers who are old and steeped over and can't believe nothing. 
And their great advice to you is you'll calm down. That's it. <laughs> okay. And you look at them and you think, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to calm down like that. Amen. Can I say to you, the Apostle John, in his advanced years, doesn't say, now boys, everybody settle down. Stop believing for ridiculous things. There are some things that are just going to come and it's just going to be beyond your ability to manage and so don't worry about it. You know, all them little whippersnappers that think God will do anything for them, you know, they'll settle down one day. And join us old fogies in the spirit. No. First John chapter 5 verse four, verses 4 and 5. This is what he brings out. As, he, as he's growing old... He doesn't slow down. Look at what he says. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And what is it? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. See, he's at, at an old age, he's still moving mountains. He's not going to go, oh, it's a mountain, let me go around it. <laughs> okay? He comes to it and says, Woo! A mountain! Watch this, boys! And just wipes it out. And everybody goes, Whoa! That's a father. Amen? That's the kind of fathers and mothers I want you to be. I want you to grow up. And I want you to become... I want people looking to you in such a way that they are thinking, One day, I'm going to be like him. One day I'm going to be like her. Not dear God, I hope I never grow up to be like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. I, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of where I've come from. I, you know, I've seen people that just, the, the older they got, the worse they got. The less they believed. Please don't be that way. The older you get, now let me just say this. You should become more skilled. It's not that you don't believe for all things. You just know how the devil gets in the way and you know what sword to bring that day. You don't go in unprepared. Amen? You are going to believe for the world and you've got the tools to do it. Not excuses of why it didn't happen. Amen. All right. <laughs> And according to the Apostle John, it all starts with one simple thing. Getting to know the Father. With the Apostle John saying again there in 1 John 2 and verse 13, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. Now to know the Father is to know the love that the Father has for us. And that's best described in what Jesus says in John 3.16. A lot of us got saved on this scripture. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice where all this begins. For God so loved. And you know that is the thing that we preach to you know when we're uh, doing outreaches generally. That is the one thing that we bring to people is God loves you. I know it's become kind of a cliche but that's kind of where we start. Do you know why? Because that's the first relationship they're going to have. Even though it's Jesus that died. 
to open the door for them to come in to, the, to God's family, it is the Father that we first meet. Interesting, isn't it? Christ opens the door, but the Father is the first thing. Do you know why? Because it's the Father that meets all of our needs. I want you to go to um, uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verses 31 to 33. Jesus says there, He says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These are the, the concerns of little children generally. Okay? And He says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Isn't that what we say? That's the first thing we say to believers. You know, go after what God wants, done, what God wants you to do. Go after God and His word. Go after those things. And all the things that you are looking for will just get added to you. See, that's the reason why once you get that revelation, once you have that relationship with the Father, and like I said, you never move on from one thing to the next. You should keep that for the rest of your life. Today, we should have more assurance that God's going to do that than that little child that first went in and thought, Really? He will? And you're going, Definitely He will. Trust me. <laughs> it's been years and He's been doing it. In fact, He pulled some things out that I was like, Wow, where'd that come from? But don't worry, that'll come. See, those are the kind of surprises you want them to tell you are coming. Not that it won't happen, just give it some time. You'll get over it. <laughs> okay, what you want to tell them is, you think this is good? <laughs> okay, just wait, just wait. And some things will come out, blow your hair out. Take an extra pair of socks, you know how to say Knock your socks off. Anyway, whatever. Okay, <laughs> that's what a father should be saying. Amen. And what a mother, what a parent, what a spiritual. Mature, spiritually mature person should be saying to you, not anything else. Hallelujah. Okay. Why? Because God loves you. It needs to be the foundation upon which everything else is built. You see, we're going to be talking about the young men and women that, I'll just put it in, in plain English, they take the fight to the devil. Okay. Do you know why they can do that? Because they have this assurance that God will take care of all of their needs. So they don't have to worry about going and doing stuff to look after themselves. They know that God will take care of that while they go and take care of His business. Are you all with me? Because once you get to that place where God is looking after your needs, you suddenly think, hang on a second. I don't have to worry about those things anymore. God, what do you want me to do? And He says, aha, a young man, a young woman. <laughs> I wouldn't even say what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, he said, they're at the place where they are ready to take, a, to take the fight to the devil now. They're no longer running from the devil. They're no longer saying, oh God, I hope they don't, he doesn't find me. Now they get in the place and go, where is he hiding at? <laughs> I want to take this out to him and, and just whoop him. Amen. But that doesn't happen until this happens first. Now, you might need to locate yourself a little bit. Yes, it's that time of the morning. <laughs> okay? you, you need to ask yourself, where are you right now? Are you in a place where you trust God to such a degree that you are free to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, knowing 
that everything else will be added to you? Or are you still working at that place where you're getting stuff and you're thinking the kingdom can wait until I get all my stuff, then I'll go and see what God wants you to do. Can I say this? Whatever stuff you're waiting to get before you go do what God asks you to do, isn't going to be enough when He asks you to do what He's going to ask you to do. To get all of that, (laughs) what He asks you to do is going to be based on what He can give you and how He can supply you in order to go do this thing. It'll be something big, it'll be something beyond what you can ask or even think. And that's why we have to get to the place we are trusting Him to look after all the little things because we're going to have to believe for some big things. Amen. And can I say a part of that is going to be you're going to really have to trust Him when He says, you can do this. And you go, I can't do that. (laughs) And He says, you can do this. You go, I can't do that. Have you? Do you know me? (laughs) Have you seen? Forget about all of that. Because greater is He that is in you than He that's in the world opposing you, coming against you. Amen? And you need to understand that it is only as you hang on to that innocence that just believes anything is possible will you begin this journey. And some of you are already on it, but some of you still need to begin it. In some areas of your life, not every area, but there are some areas of your life you might still be clinging on to things thinking, I can't do that, I can't do that. Go back to, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Do you know that is one of the things that they, um, they've done studies on it and they said, you know, one of the greatest things that you can give someone is confidence. A lot of times... A lot of reasons why people aren't doing things today is because they don't think they can. And people have told them they can't. Not because they couldn't. Can I say this, and I'll leave you with this and we'll pick this up next week. If you have something in your heart to do, it's there because you were designed to do it. And nobody has the right to come and say you can't do that because they're basing that on what they can and can't do. Do you hear me? Only you can tell what you can do and where you're meant to go. Only you. What other people try to do, parents are notorious for this, is try to get you to live the life that they always wish they could have lived. Done the job they should have done. Sweetheart, that day has come and gone. Let your kids do what they were called to do. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? Because they won't excel in what you were meant to excel in. If you miss the boat, you miss the boat. Let it go. Don't bring it back and put your kid on it. That's your boat. <laughs> do you hear me? They've got their own. And if you let them do what they're called to do, they will excel at it. They will make you proud over the thing that you weren't proud of and you thought this is going to make you proud. Trust me, you let them go, they'll do their thing. And then one day you'll be going, that's my kid. Oh, suddenly he's your kid. <laughs> okay? Two years ago, you didn't want to know him. Embarrassment to the family. Now suddenly that's your kid. You're related? I didn't know. <laughs> Hello. Do you hear me? Now listen. If your kid wants to do something that's not good, 
That may not be his calling. <laughs> okay? And that's where you as a parent step in. If he says, I want to grow up to be a drug dealer. Well, we need to talk about that now. You know, that's not a good career choice. I'm not very happy with that. <laughs> Let's reevaluate that. <laughs> okay? I think you're hearing a little wrong there. Let's keep going till we hit something good, shall we? <laughs> okay? And it doesn't have to be good as far as you think it's good because you want to do it. It's not that kind of good. Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. I have to stop up running out of time. But <laughs> if we keep going, we might have to stop here. But I want you to understand that this is what I want you to take home with you today. Innocence. The innocence that you are to preserve is the innocence, number one, that understands that God loves you. Number two, that all things are possible. You've got to take off all the restrictions. All things are possible. Do you hear me? And number three, you need to understand that you need to maintain your purity. Don't think just because you're an adult, you can go and step into things that you shouldn't be, nobody should be doing. Just be careful when they say stuff like that. You know, always, like I said again, it always concerns me. And I understand there are some things that, you know, it's inappropriate for kids to know, I understand that. But be careful that adults only doesn't mean depression. Doesn't mean that, okay, here's how the devil wins. You hear what I'm saying? You don't want to put that stuff in your heart. Because it takes away your ability to believe. And that's what the enemy is doing, is attacking that. That if you can believe. What he wants to try and do is stop you believing. Because if you start to believe, then that part of you that is God begins to generate all kinds of power. And all kinds of things start happening. And he can't afford for you to do that because then you have a big mouth, you go tell everybody else, this is possible like me. Amen. <laughs> and then you start encouraging other people. And that's a problem to him. Amen. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for